Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, fans. I'm your host, Nicole, and welcome to the inaugural episode of Large Almond Latte, because it's the conversations you overhear at brunch. I'll be talking about anything and everything, but probably not anything because I've got a lane and I'm definitely going to stay in it. And that lane is very, very basic. I'll be talking socio-cultural topics relevant to millennials, more specifically millennial elders, because that's probably more my brand right now. Plus, I'll also be doing reviews on whatever I'm watching or eating and the latest fashion. This is very low involvement entertainment. So if you're not into thinking, then this podcast is 100% for you. So today on the podcast, you can have a quarter life crisis and you can have a midlife crisis, but what about a third life crisis? Then I'm going to be reviewing T-A-T-B-I-L-B-2. That's to all the boys I loved before number two. Don't worry if you haven't seen the first one. I'm going to tell you everything you need to know. Plus, by the end of my review, you probably won't even need to see the second one. Okay, so the third life crisis. I mean, it doesn't really have the same ring to it as a quarter life crisis or a midlife crisis. So maybe that's one reason why it doesn't actually exist. But I was watching TV the other day and I saw an ad for a pillow that goes between your legs while you sleep to improve hip alignment. And I was like, oh my God, I need that immediately. And then I was like, oh my God, who am I? When did I stop being 23? And then it got me thinking and I realized there are actually so many factors that tell me I've hit 30. And yeah, watching free-to-air TV during the day is definitely one of them. So because I'm such a generous person, I'm going to share them all with you so you too can recognize the symptoms of a third life crisis. Okay, let's start with a really obvious one because I don't want to send you into shock. This podcast is not about extreme stimulation. So you now earn enough money to spend $700 on a vacuum and you love that vacuum. Obviously, we're talking about a Dyson, none of this home brand or Kmart rubbish. Specifically, you own a Dyson. Like I use mine every day. I love it. And now that I'm talking about it out loud, it's super weird to love a vacuum that much. So let's move on to the next one. Rest in peace to your little university car. Even if you didn't go to uni, you definitely had one. It was like a little hatchback, probably secondhand that you got when you were 18 or 19. Probably had a bunch of clothes in the back seat, maybe even some empty cans left over from that one time that you drove your friends out clubbing, but then you went out and you were sober and you were like, I'm never doing this again. Oh, anyway, I remember driving my Hyundai to eyelash appointments in the middle of a day on like a Wednesday with just my wallet, my phone and my pump bottle of water. Yeah, no, you definitely don't drive that car anymore. Now you have a small SUV. 
like very specifically a small SUV because you don't have a family of five yet, but it definitely needs to be big enough to have a car seat in the back of it. So instead of going to eyelash appointments now, you go to Safeway with your reusable bags. I honestly, I don't even know why I got rid of my small car. I could park anywhere. Now, even though I have like lane assist and reverse cam, I have zero spatial awareness. So I have to drive around like twice as long finding a park because I needed to have ample space on every side so I can park. And oh my God, reverse parking is not even an option. I'm the person that laughs at people when they try to reverse park. But now that I have a small SUV, I struggle. So I literally, I I will drive past like 50 parks just so I don't have to reverse park. I feel like at this age, I should be able to do a reverse park. But yeah, it's just something that you can't do in a small SUV. On the plus side, you're sitting up higher than a lot of the other drivers, like not the Turak tractor drivers, but definitely the other university car drivers. So you're really moving up the ranks. So I guess sitting higher than people is a small win and probably makes up for the not being out of park situation. Okay, next. Oh, your professional life. Yeah, you are definitely not where you thought you would be by now. Like when I graduated, I was like, I have worked so hard. I've got a double degree. I am going to get any job, like the first job that I apply for. And I'm going to climb that corporate ladder. I'm going to be like a CEO at the time of 23. And I'm going to have the most intelligent people around me. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to earn so much money. Fast forward a few years and surprisingly, I am definitely not a CEO. I think I spend like 70% of my proletariat workday whinging with my friends and talking about maths, then like 20% getting coffee and really maximizing that full lunch hour by having lunch. None of this eating at your desk while you work. And then like 10% of the day actually doing what I was hired to do. But okay, I actually think I have two reasons for this total shift. One of them being that like in your 20s, obviously everyone puts their best foot forward on social media and it makes you really need to be the best you because you think it's real. But as you get older and wiser, you realize that actually what you see on social media isn't true. And by seeing through that facade, you're like, oh, I don't need to try so hard anymore. And you just kind of stop caring Like the other day, I went to a shopping center, which A, I would would just never have done before, full stop. But I also went in activewear and I had coffee all over my top and I sat in the food court and ate McDonald's and I just did not care. Like I was so shocked at myself for not caring, but I just really didn't. Secondly, and I mean, this one was really disappointing, but I think if seeing people hoard toilet paper for a pandemic that is viral has taught us anything, it's that people are so stupid. So like when I graduated, I had worked really hard and everyone around me had worked really hard. And so I had this mentality that if you had worked as hard as I had and then you'd been working for 10, 20 plus years. You must be so intelligent and full of insight and advice. And I can't wait to learn off you. But oh my God, I was so wrong. Just because you have a job, it does not mean you're any good at it at all. I mean, look at our world leaders, look at our prime minister. So yeah, I was really shocked when I didn't have these amazing, intelligent people around me all the time to share with me their life lessons and make me 
a, a corporate prodigy. I mean, I guess as you would know, if you're an intelligent 30 something, if you want to get something done, you actually have to do everything yourself. And that's like a lot of hard work. So it's just easier to not do it and complain for 70% of the day. Okay, so you're probably definitely not where you thought you would be by now, but it could be worse. You could still be earning $7.20 an hour at KFC, or you could still be working in retail and being abused by a bunch of Karens every second day. So it's really not that bad. Okay, let's talk going out because we're not 85, so yeah, we still go out. And after all that hard work we do from 9 till 5, we definitely need a break. So, okay, we go exclusively to bars and house parties in jeans, a nice top and comfortable boots. We definitely don't go clubbing anymore. And if you do um, and you're over 30, maybe you should consider this a gentle nudge towards retirement. I mean, remember when we were like 18 or 19 and there were those 35-year-old promoters and they thought they were so cool, they were there every week and all of us would be hanging out with them, but we just wanted to get in for free and we actually thought they were the biggest losers. Yeah. Okay. So don't be that guy. All right. Anyway, so when you're out, you're obviously drinking rosé or Aperol and gin has definitely replaced vodka and soda. Then once you're on the Negronis, you're really hitting your stride, but you know that you have absolutely hit peak when you're on the vodka cruises. Now, if you're not on the vodka cruises yet, don't worry. You just haven't got there, but you will. I mean, it's not like it's your drink of choice for the whole night because, you know, the risk of diabetes is real and they are full of sugar. But if you just need like a little tickle of the taste buds or a refreshment, you know that you cannot go past a vodka cruiser. And the best part is that you earn a full-time wage now. So you don't have to wait outside Woolies and get a creepy old man to buy you a four-pack. You can afford to buy a whole slab all by yourself. It's the best. So aside from your outfit of jeans and a nice top, you really start to reassess what fashion is acceptable for you because the risk of being mutton dressed as lamb is a real thing now that you've hit 30. Like, I feel like people often wonder, is it acceptable to wear short denim shorts? And I feel like the answer to that one is definitely yes, because especially if you've had a bebe, that really destroys your belly. So I think if you've still got legs available to be shown to the world, you should definitely do that. But then like, there's the more serious fashion choices, like can you wear bike shorts and chunky feeler runners? And I feel like the answer to that is definitely not. I mean, each to their own, but I'm definitely going to stick to my denim shorts and sepegras for now. So I don't know, maybe that all sounds a bit dire, but if you're in the midst of it, you would know that it's actually not at all. Like, because you're not going on three-day benders anymore, you actually get to sleep a fair bit, which is pretty good. And you probably own a sick memory foam mattress, so it's super comfortable. You're wearing active wear, like, all the time that you're not at work and, you know, elastic waistbands, you can't go wrong with those. And like I've said several times now, you're on a full-time wage, so you can afford the expensive cheese and wine. Like you can literally spend more than $20 on a bottle of wine. And because you're in your 30s and you have such a refined palate, you know that the bottles that are over $20 actually do taste so much better than Passion Pop or Fruity Lexia. So, you know, 
I don't know, maybe it's not so much of a third life crisis, more just like a third life awareness of you hitting your peak stride. Okay, let's talk to all the boys I loved before, number two. Now, before we start, I feel like I need to disclose that thanks to watching copious amounts of maths, I feel like I'm now trained to zoom in on relationship flaws. So just be warned that I might have pulled some unique themes out of this teenage drama. Okay, anyway, so I was obsessed with the original movie, And I started following Noah Centineo on Instagram. First, I checked he was old enough and he was 21, so it was fine. But then I realized that he actually was nothing like Peter Kavinsky in real life. And I got way too upset over that. And then I promptly forgot all about the movie five minutes later. But I think Netflix realized that as fun as the original movie was, it was definitely not impressionable enough to stay in anyone's brain for a whole 12 months. So they've kindly put a recap at the start of the film, which I feel like every sequel should do, to be honest. Anyway, I'm going to give you the key points right now. So Lara Jean is a 16-year-old girl and she writes letters to all her crushes throughout her life but never sends them. Then for some reason, her little sister decides to send them all out. Like if my little sister did that, she would be in so much trouble. I would give her so many Chinese burns, but like this is PG, so whatever. She does nothing about it. Anyway, she still knows all of the crushes except one from when she was 11. He never writes back. And then she ends up dating one of the crushes, Peter, who's super hot. And this is where we start the second film. So Lara Jean's been dating Peter for like a month now, and there are red flags everywhere, which for mine is the biggest red flag in itself. And honestly, it's all her. She has major imposter syndrome and just doesn't know how to act with a boyfriend. Like everything her and Peter do together, she's like, oh, he's done this before with his hot ex-girlfriend. I mean, to be fair, Peter did take her to the same restaurant that he always used to take his ex, but like he is so clearly obsessed with her and Lara Jean just can't see it. Like, Oh my God, for Valentine's Day, he gives her this super ugly locket. I mean, I guess that if I received that locket, I would probably be considering my relationship. But then he also gives her this super cute poem that she thinks he wrote, but he never said he wrote it. And actually, Edgar Allan Poe wrote it. And then she complains also because the acapella group that was going around singing songs for everyone didn't come around to her. Like, Oh, this girl, you can just not win with her. Like, what does Peter need to do? Oh, and by the way, she's now emotionally cheating on him with that final letter recipient, John, who's come back to town and they're volunteering together at the local old people's home. And right, this is how I know she's emotionally cheating on him because she purposely does not tell John about Peter. And they have zero chemistry, Lara Jane and John. Like, All they talk about is things they used to do when they were 11. Like they actually have nothing recently to talk about. It's so lame. And then, right, this is so awful. Peter used to be really good friends with John. And Peter has nothing but nice things to say about John. He's like, oh, yeah, John was my boy. And then what John says about Peter is, oh, he's the guy that takes the last slice of pizza. Like what even kind of insult is that, John? 
But it definitely was an insult because you could tell by the tone in his voice. And then him and Lara, like, joke about it in front of Peter. That's totally not okay. Remember, Lara Jean, this is your boyfriend. So Lara Jean is totally being the worst girlfriend and doing everything she can to push him away. There is no pleasing her. But again, back to maths, that's taught me that maybe it's because Lara Jean is so scared of getting hurt, she's pushing Peter away before they get too close and he has a chance to hurt her. Oh, my God. Thank you so much, John Aiken. Okay, anyway, Lara Jean's friend shows up with this photo of Peter with his ex, like they're hugging and Lara Jean goes psycho and she's like, you always choose her. And he's like, um, her parents are getting separated. I was comforting her, which is totally legit because Peter was dating his ex since they were like 12 to whatever they are now, like 16. And he's like, when it actually came to choosing between you and her, which happened in the first movie, he's like, I did choose you. Anyway, she's not having a bar of it. She stomps her foot and then she breaks up with him. And he's like, what? Anyway, after that massive overreaction, they go to the aquarium for a school trip and he goes up to speak to her. And all she says is, oh, did you want the necklace back? Which, to be fair, is super smooth. Like, I would be getting that off my neck ASAP. Honestly, I can't even explain. It's like this silver hideous locket. Anyway, he's like, oh, um, yeah, okay. So heartbroken. And then he like seductively takes the necklace off her neck to totally show her what she's missing. And yeah, she knows. Good one, Peter. So while Lara Jean and John have been working at the old people's home, they've been planning to throw this ball for them. So it gets to the night of the ball and Lara Jean and John have that cliche moment where she's standing at the top of the stairs in her ball gown and he's at the bottom like, wow. So then they're dancing and she's like, I broke up with Peter. And unconvincingly, very unconvincingly, he's like, oh, are you okay? Want to get some air? I don't know why I just started putting the accents in, but whatever. So he is so keen. He genuinely does not care about her feelings at all. He just wants to bone. So then they go outside and obviously it's snowing and then they kiss and it's like the ultimate classic situation. Like, you know, when you have a crush on someone and then you kiss them and you're like, oh no, that's definitely not going to be a thing. Like, I feel like it happens a lot with work crushes when you have a crush on someone for so long and then you drunkenly make out with them at Friday night drinks and the next day you're like, oh, absolutely not. Monday is going to be a nightmare, but then you just never talk about it again. That is totally what happens. Like they kiss in the snow and they both know it. And John's like, oh yeah, it's Peter, isn't it? And she's like, yep, see ya. Honestly, like she had to break up with her boyfriend and then hook up with someone else and Obviously, now she's going to go running back to him. So she does. She goes to go running back to him. But as she gets to the front door, Peter's already there because he knows that she doesn't like driving in the snow. So he comes to pick her up. What a doll. So they kiss and then she just never tells him that she's hooked up with John. Honestly, this girl is the worst. She does not deserve such goodness. And that's the end. All I can say is I really hope in the third film, because there's a third film, that it's all about Peter realising that he's actually way too good for Lara Jean. Thanks for listening to Large Almond Latte. If you liked the podcast, then you should definitely give us five stars and only five stars. And you can join our Facebook group at Large Almond Latte Podcast for more low involvement discussion. 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.